Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the build-up show. Liverpool taking on Huddersfield Friday night. Get your dancing shoes on, lads. Whoa! I'm not even in the country for this one. I'm really <laughs> um, Really, really want to see this game. Um, listen, Ben, Bailey and Cy join me for this one. Um, ben, look, Huddersfield are dreadful. Let me just explain to you how dreadful they are because let's just get this all out the way early on. Uh, they've only taken four points since 25th of November, which was a game they won. I think they beat Wolves. They've actually beaten Wolves twice this yeah, season, which is hilarious. Wolves, yeah. um, they've only won three games all season. We are 74 points ahead of them in the league table. That's ridiculous. Yeah, they've scored 20 goals in 35 games and conceded 69 goals in 35 games. Um, they are terrible. They're utterly yeah. terrible. They are like historically terrible. Um which I find mad because I've not paid attention to them at all. My only knowledge of them was I went away to whatever the hell they stayed the McAlpine Stadium, whatever it's called, either John Smith, there you go. John Smith. Um, and they were really good and their fans were brilliant and I, I felt they were just missing a goal scorer and they'd have been mm. a good side. No, turns out they're just utterly garbage. No, they're, they're very much, um, yeah, I think the reason I've not been paying attention to them is because they've basically been relegated week two mm. and we've all just written them off from that point They've been point playing on. Man City every week, haven't they? I think yeah, that's the problem. Much, yeah. stuff to it that feels like they have, yeah. <laughs> uh, Man City went to, went to the, the St. John Smith Stadium the other week and... Um, and just were basically so much better than them. They they won 2-0 and didn't really show up. Um, so, yeah, this is a game we should be winning. It's a game that I'm 95% sure that we will win, but I suppose that's the whole point of the Premier League. It can, you know, kind of throw something dodgy your way every now and then. I don't think it will this time. I think we're just... We're very efficient machine in a way machine I think we'll just be able to ground this result out no problem but anything I thought happen. I thought they were poor under Wagner and I I took that as like that Wagner wasn't a good manager and I was yeah. thinking he's an overrated manager and they got him beat every week but I think that record which is pretty much since he's gone I think yeah. he went maybe around that time that shows that he was actually doing a very good job at Huddersfield. It shows get, that he was very clever to point. jump ship when he did as well mm, before yeah. his reputation mm. got tarnished because he'll be remembered as the fellow that brought them up. They they weren't good enough, you know. They weren't good enough to be in the in the Premier League. They got up through the playoffs brilliantly. What a story! Great videos on that on the Boston Channel from back in the back in the day. But yeah, he's protected his reputation as a good up and coming coach. But who Bailey, is the manager now? Some fella. It's from Dortmund. I, Honestly, I, yeah. could have done the research on that. Yeah. But I chose when I was looking on Reuters, he had a Dortmund coat on. Yeah. If that if that was credence to anybody. Yeah, it was like a number. It was like the number two or number. Three. I'm going to Google, I'm gonna Google that in a second because you know this is this is de it's definitely my job. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Bailey. Look, we're not underestimating Huddersfield at all. 
No, but this this is the thing. We've been talking about this. We did a big, a big bit on this on the podcast about how you know the fears that we have over over Liverpool are not caused by this Liverpool side. They're caused by Liverpool yeah. sides of the past. In that regard, I feel really uneasy talking about how how easy yeah. a game this is. Yeah, definitely. Even this season, you know, looking back at West Ham and Leicester, even in the ascendancy in, in the ascendancy we were in that point in the season. Those were sort of, we were seeing those as it's a tricky game, but it should be a given win for Liverpool. Whereas yeah. you, you can't take anything for granted, even for even a team that's conceded 69 goals. But well, look at the, Fulham. You know, we, the Fulham are pretty much gone when we come to play them. They had a little yeah. bit to fight for, but they, you know, that was a tough afternoon. And we, we've just got to hope here that, you know, depending on the result of the Manchester derby, I suppose, Friday night, it's, it is going to be booming mm. either way. So, so you know, the crowd then play a part. And I think the, yeah. I think we, we get ourselves an early goal inside the first 20 minutes. I think we'll go on and put quite a few it, The worrying them. thing for me is everything is in our favour that we should go and win this game yeah. and win this game comfortably. Yeah. And when it seems so obvious that that's going to happen, then maybe a little bit of complacency comes in. And that, that might work for the crowd as well. Yeah. Like, like... The crowd shouldn't be anything other than brilliant on a Friday night yeah. when we've got three games left of the season. When... In some regards, though, I think that's so good that it's a Friday night yeah. in that regard because if this was Saturday, Saturday after, Saturday barely, three o'clock, a few weeks ago, you know exactly. You know, one of those games where uh, are people able to get up for it? Whereas you know, we're coming toward the last. There's two. There's two more home games. You know, league home games yeah. left this season. Everyone's going to go and have a bevy, go and have a bit of a you know, and have a bit of a sing song or whatever. You would certainly hope. The answer to the question, by the way, um, what and I, I had no idea this was the case was Jan Seward, uh who's the same age as me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and his managerial past. Experience manager then, yeah. <laughs> This is the last you'll see of Saw <laughs> the Uncensored Match before. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'm waiting for a comeback now. <laughs> I won't do it on camera, so. Um, no, he's just, he's just, he was the Borussia Dortmund 2 manager prior to joining them. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Team. Number 2. two. Yeah, yeah, that's where I got it from. Um, yeah, look, I, I, don't, I, I can't get too sucked into all this because I I, I, it'd be stupid as far to have an attitude anything other than that. We're not the players. We're entitled to think Liverpool, who are top of the league, you know, at time of filming certainly, and Huddersfield, who are one of the worst, if not the worst, team that's ever been in the Premier League. Um, it's maybe Derby. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, are you know, there should be a, there's a massive disparity. Liverpool should be clear favourites in this. You know, my complacency, if if there is any complacency, has no bearing on this match in any way, shape, or form. In, in previous years, there has been a bit of complacency going into these games. I know it might have been before this season. Klopp's record against the bottom three in the table was actually really poor, surprisingly yeah. bad. Our record against pretty much anyone below the, bo- the the top six this season has been fantastic. Yeah. I know draws against Everton, Leicester and West Ham. Mm-hmm. Is that the only time we've dropped points against anyone outside the top six? I think I, yeah. I, I think it is. That's an absolutely ridiculous record yeah. and hopefully we continue it on Friday. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with all that. And, and this is the thing, again, we're talking about this thing from previous teams, Ben, is that... Yeah, we've been we've been ruthless. We've been a different machine. Complacency. We've been talking a lot about like look at the the absolute shit show that is third to sixth in the Premier League mm. table, and how none of them seemingly wants to capitalise yeah. and get themselves a top place, top four place. But that's what that's always like. And they and Liverpool at best over the last ten years have only ever been just on the edges of that conversation. Yeah. So that's the Liverpool we're used to seeing that we're currently seeing from Chelsea, yeah. from Arsenal, from Manchester United. That you can't at this stage of the season it's very hard to put a consistent run when really what are you playing for is fourth a big prize to play mm. for that's the difference with this is that look you know the, the, the manager's message will just be carry on doing what you do and yeah. if you want to win the league 
And I think I think that's that's not only what the manager will be saying, but more, maybe more experienced Ted's in the dressing room as well. The likes of Henderson and Milner are going. Look, Mil, Milner won't. Like we discussed that on the podcast today. Milner won't even be. I feel like Milner doesn't even know he's in a title race. He's just oh, I'm here to play football and turn yeah. up and win. What what mm-hmm. what else? What else is there to it? That's 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 my life. Yeah. And I, like as long as he can sort of expel that energy to perhaps some of the other players in the dressing room. Maybe the the less experienced ones. Particularly in English football, the likes of Cater, you know, the, you know, Matic, maybe, you know, players like that. Then I have no, I have no qualms about it, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the good thing is, once again, Bailey, we're, you know, we're, we're blessed with some options uh, to pick. And we're going to go through preferred 11s later, of course. But I, I think it's really interesting that we've been talking about now for a couple of weeks now. I think we're all, we're all now, it's all in on this. Fabinho, Hendo, Cater, midfield three. I think now every one of us, given the choice, would play that in every game for all of eternity. <laughs> However, Genie Wijnaldum, who prior to that little prize of four games ago when we all decided this was our best midfield, was first name on the team sheet in every Liverpool midfield, in everyone's mm. heads and the managers. Comes in, plays in the six, gets a goal as well. There's, like, there's nothing more he could have done in that Cardiff game, really, to put him put his hat in the ring. Not just for this, but for the for the Barca game as well. Yeah, definitely, mate. And it, it's, it's it's such a, a welcome sort of change in, as opposed to sort of most Liverpool, especially in most teams at this end of the season. It's players dying away as opposed to players sort of rejuvenating and coming and coming back into the team and saying, "I want to be here." But most interesting thing for me is the out of the Huddersfield players, out of Grant, Jorgensen and Moy, all of those three of their top three goal scorers have seven goals between them. Yeah. We've got seven players with four goals or above in our team, one of which is Van Dijk, <laughs> one of which is Daniel Sturridge and one of which is Erden Shaqiri. Yeah. Two of those players barely ever feature for this club yeah. and they've got goals uh, more than this team that have scored as a, as a three. So that's, that's hope for me and you, you'll see obviously when, when we come to the start 11s why this is sort of a, a very potent game to potentially bring in changes, especially the likes of sort of Yajid and Shakiri, where he hasn't he hasn't featured at all. Uh, and this is the point where there's not really a better game that you can bring a player like Yajid and Shakiri in to say if I if, if I've got trust in you. Obviously, there's a lot of fans saying well, what's happened to him. It'll be a testament from Klopp to say, all right, this is the game where I think you've got the most sort of foundations to be safe. Almost. It's an interesting one because. I think there's enough gap aside between this game and Barcelona that look if we want to just to pick the pick the same team and go for it we probably we probably can but it's also it's the last post before those yeah, games so if you want it if he wants to a rotate or b give some lads an opportunity to prove themselves yeah. that's another thing for the motivation anyone who's going into this game is thinking well look at Jordan Henderson you know he's been ousted from his his position that he's been he's captain and he has all of a sudden he's looking like he can't get in the team gets his chance off the bench against Southampton playing up and now he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Anyone who gets a game in this one, is not. we're not going to get shared because this is not like dropping Victor Moses in who's like, well, my loan's coming up at the end of the season and no one likes me, so who cares? Or Diago Aspas who's barely kicked the ball or the Luis Albertos. We've got a bunch of lads here, all of whom will not just be gagging for a game, but will think that if they get a game, they've got everything to prove still. Yeah, and for the rest of the season and then going into the summer and where the Klopp season is the plans for going into next season as well. I think you've got five days in between this game and Barcelona and in isolation there is enough time to rest there to play the same team twice but then after Barcelona a few days later you've got Newcastle and then we've got Barcelona again and then we've got Wolves those four games are so big yeah. and they come, they do come in a short space of time that I think you, you could do with maybe swapping a couple of players out and maybe just having an eye on those games and what your strongest eleven is 
in, in it for this one, and that's that's what I've done with my favourite. The, the player that really springs out to me in this Bailey is um, is Joe Gomez. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure. Well, again, we'll see what everyone else has done in, in, in a minute. But this is a this in some respects could be the last chance for him to get it. If we if Klopp is interested in in being available and mm. being a first choice player for Barcelona, I'm not saying he should one way or the other. By the way, because mm. um, I think Matip's had a you know having a splendid season so far, and same same with Trent. You'd be looking to get Gomez in here, wouldn't you? And I guess mm. by that logic, you'd be looking to get him in a centre half because yeah. you know if 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 him and Van Dijk are our best defensive partnership, regardless of how good Matip's been. You'd be gear, you'd be trying to gear towards that. Absolutely, and I think that's after doing the start eleven show for the last couple of weeks. Everyone sort of it's always been a question for me saying, is this the time to bring Gomez back in at centre half? As you sort of lay down the runway of these Premier League games into the the, the importance of the semi final of the Champions League, and nobody can get away from the fact that Matip's been excellent. He's been really really good, but it's it's that love story of Van Dijk and Gomez that they established for the first twelve <laughs> games, yeah. where it was like you two just look fantastic together. And it's for me, I think. This is a telling game where if, say, Matip stays and Gomez stays rotational, that that further adds to my, not just my perception of Matip, but having Klopp's back in as well, saying this mm. could have been a game where I could have rested him and brought Gomez back in. He's had two uh, starts off the bench now. This is a perfect time. But if he plays Matip again, I think that's a huge testament to Matip as to how important he actually is. It can go both ways, though, can't it, Ben? Because resting Matip in this game... It could also be the not exactly the same, but it could be the nod to say, yeah, well, true. he's definitely starting in Barcelona. There's mm. there's high praise in that regard, and maybe Gomez comes in more the way that we saw Lovren come in for the first Porto game, just because it's a good, it's a last good opportunity to give him some minutes in case. Because look, let's say something happens to Matip. Let's say Matip gets gets his pants pulled down, you know, in Barcelona, yeah, or yeah. you know, it does injure himself. We're not probably not trusting Lovren again at, the, at at this point of the season, but you know you you could really do with Gomez being being ma- having a bit of match sharpness yeah. about him. Yeah, that's 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 what it is. And I think I think I agree. I think this game is a good opportunity. As we've all sat here and we've all got you know Liverpool should win this game. So whatever players we put on the pitch for me should be capable of beating Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, that then why not use it as a bit of an opportunity? Look, we, we, of course we're going. Of course, it's still a big game because we are going for the league, and you know there are there any drop points at this point are, are going to cost us basically. But for me, whatever players you put, you could start Shakiri, you could start anybody pretty much, and I would be confident any side. You could start Lovren, and I think well, we should have enough there to beat to beat Huddersfield. So for me, that why that's why it might be a good opportunity to get. Joe Gomez into the side, even if Oxley Chamberlain's knocking about, if you can get him on the bench, that might be a good opportunity for him as well. I don't know where he is though. I hadn't even considered that to be honest. It's yeah. an interesting shout. We, we don't know, do we? Yeah. Uh, only they know who's been watching him in training. I think Gomez is a pretty similar one to that. I know he's come on very briefly in the two games. I know he only got a few minutes against um, Cardiff the other day. So it, it, it depends how fit he actually is, whether you do want to throw him in, because they, they're, um, they're, if you throw him in, they play up these type of teams. Try and play on the weaknesses that they can try and le- try and get on. Yeah. So if they've got the big striker up front or whatever, who's trying to make Gomez struggle uh, when he's not completely fit, that might that might be the case. But if if they're watching Gomez every day in training, but we saw him at the start of the season. We feel we said the tests he passed along the way. You know, we saw him come up against Arnautovic, and we thought this is going to be a big test for him. See him come up against the big. Barely centre forward. He handled it really well. The fitness things issue. Well, I mean, we're talking about him from a centre half perspective. 
cutscene with right back. Mm. You know, he looked very good coming in coming in uh, in, in, in Porto. I don't know how much you remember of the game by that point, Si. <laughs> um, but the um, but he, he looked composed, he looked confident. And once again, for the same logic, we talk about Matip. Trent Alexander Arnold, massive for how we play football. Yeah. Last season, I think Gomez comes in for the does come in for the Barcelona game. If we've got him fit and available, I know he's, he's injured this time this yeah. time last year, but we tended to use Gomez in games where we were coming up against really good opposition. But I wonder whether this time around it's a case of, well, Trent's so important that we need him fit and fresh, giving him a, giving him a game off when we've probably got enough in our locker at Anfield to win this game could be an option as well. Yeah, it definitely could be. I think Gomez at centre-back is... He doesn't offer again what Matip does going forward. And I think when a team like Huddersfield is going to be sitting back and just trying to see what they can get on the counter-attack or whatever, I think Matip and Trent together can can really give you an option there going forward. Yeah. So that's, that's, we'll come to it in a minute, but that's who I've gone with. Sweet, stop spoiling. <laughs> stop spoiling. Um, brilliant. Uh, we're going to take a little break. I want you to check this out. Me and Chris have promised it. We've got a brand new channel and a brand new podcast. It's Machen Pajak. Uh, it's us completely unfiltered. and not always about Liverpool, but sometimes a bit more random stuff. This one is relating to a lot of the stuff we've done on Redmen. It's Chris talking about the... Uh, the, the, the trials and tribulations that he's gone through in terms of being a bit of a, a social media personality in the last few years. I think it's fair to say that your life hasn't been the same no. since since that point. No, no, it hasn't. And listen, I am, you know, so many people meet me and reference that, that I've become defined by seven seconds of words that came out of my mouth. Yeah. Which I think if anybody took, the, took a look at themselves to think that... You are defined by about 20 words mm. your entire life. You know, I was 31 at the time, I'm 36 now. I'm defined by about, about 20 words, and that's what people think I am and who people think I am. I am. And that's not right. You know, we've done so much good stuff, um, both, you know, at Redmen and before Redmen and stuff like that, that. To think that people just think of me as some kid who fucking spouted off about Chelsea and to think that people think that I'm a homophobe because of that. Yeah. It's maddening. It's madness and it's maddening, more importantly. Yeah, look, the the feedback on the podcast has been fantastic. You can check it out. Some serious stuff, some just general biff. You know, I've, I've been made to them for a very, very long time. Um, so, yeah, some of the irreverent stuff in there as well. Get over, we'll annotate to it at the end of the video description. Uh, we'll have the link as well. Go and check it out. Go and subscribe. Go and see what you think and leave us some feedback as well. Spot on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, Simon, preferred 11th time. Any major shake-ups for you? Yeah, I, a, a little bit, yeah. Not not too mad. I've gone with, first and foremost, you want to pick a team that I think can beat Huddersfield, and I think they definitely should do if he does play this team. But I have got an eye, like I said before, on those four huge games that are coming up. So the back five is the back five that's pretty much been playing. And then I've gone with that for being Yo Hender, Keita midfield. And I think partly, like I said, they're in such good form at the minute. And I think Hendo and Keita offer you something going forward that we'll need to try and break Huddersfield down if they're sitting back against us. I think it's nice to get Keita a few more minutes as well for being Yo, hopefully getting back on the horse after um, after that little cameo we had the other day where yeah. he unfortunately had to get to off after a minute. But I also think that if... I definitely want to play Genie against Barcelona next week. Okay. I, th- I think he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet, and so give him that rest, make sure he's fully 100% fit to go. I'd maybe even play Milner against Barca next week as well, because yeah. I, I just love the way he plays these away games in Europe. I don't want to talk too much about that game, because sure, it's still sure. a week ago, a week away. But so that's my thinking for it. And then I've gone with Origi on the left as well, instead of Mane. Okay. Salah, Firmino, Origi is the fun three. Because Mane probably could do with that yeah, a little bit. Of, yeah, a little bit of Firmino got the rest against uh, Porto, even though it was for only for half the game he comes mm-hmm. on. But I thought Origi deserved that start against Porto because yeah. he'd been fantastic. When he'd come on for 20 minutes, he's really had an effect on the games. And, and with the greatest respect to Huddersfield... That's the only you should be able to yeah. still do the business yeah. against Huddersfield. I, I was a bit, I felt a little bit sorry for him when he got took off at half time against Porto, but it was clear that it was the right decision. Yeah, you know, we 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 wanted to bring from you know, wanted to defend the lead that we had by that point, and it made sense to take Origi off. And after yeah. what Firmino did in the second half, it obviously, it obviously makes sense. But I think he deserves another little start. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to get one for the rest of the season. So this is the game. Start. No, fantastic. I, I can't fault any of the logic on that at all. Bailey, um, you've gone a bit more wild. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm just just to cover it with everything that we've spoke about. This is pretty much the last clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheets you can get. Sort of. Uh, clean sheet slash clean slate. Mm. You can get where you can pretty much chalk any name down and put any valuable reason as to why that player's there, whether that's for rotation for the future, whether that's because these are the most susceptible to goals, the least threat to you. But I've gone uh, Gomez in the centre, obviously for reasons we've described already. Um, but I've, I've gone for a 4-2-3-1 because A, I wanted to get Shakiri in the team yep. because I think that, like I say, this is the last hour. And it, I, I Just remember him. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and to be honest, he's the only one who's not a, literally the only first team squad member who's not in any yeah. semblance of form at the moment. And it, it's, maybe storage. It's a case of we're going into the last stage of the Champions League, and I just have flashbacks to having to bring Adam Lallana on in the final, yeah. and I want to know the the stretch of our forward options. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen cameos from Origi, not so much Sturridge, a bit of Lallana. I don't know where he's at with his injury, and Shakiri's the only one left, but he's he's got the most goals out of those four. Yeah. So I'd like to see him back again to see sort of whether. He can get a goal or an assist and say, you know what, I want to be the first sub when it comes to the Barcelona games, when it comes to the the Champions League final potentially. But I've kept the front three as it is because 
I'm, I'm concerned with the goal difference. You know, this is this is a point. This is a game where we can look at it and say, what are we six goals behind City? I think six or seven. Obviously, with the caveat with, that with obviously they've got a game in hand. City United, yeah. yeah, but it, at this point, it's okay. You could look at Huddersfield and say Newcastle are. As much as we can all say Rafa would, could do us a favour, they're a very, very well-drilled defensive team. And, and we don't have a great record, us and James yep. No, I agree and with this. Good. We're making this point in some regards. Like I'm glad we just got Cardiff done and dusted and 2-0 yep. is a nice, solid result. But, you know, Man City's goal difference is... You could argue Man City's goal difference is so superior because prior to the Cardiff game, they'd played all the worst teams in the league yep. twice. You know, yeah. we'd yet to do that and that's where you get your opportunities. And Huddersfield is that. Mm. You know, that's where... Oh, I, I don't know whether that's... God, I just I don't want another Crystal Palace style situation yeah, where it becomes a goal chase to the detriment of your yeah. security. Yeah. I don't think it will become that, but you're right. You know, that's an opportunity that if Liverpool, Liverpool should be thinking that we should be thinking. Mm. Look, these are dead and buried. We're miles better than these. It's a good opportunity to 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 to, to get the goals up. So no, it's a, it's definitely an interesting option. Ben, the big change you made was just at the back. Yeah, bringing Gomez centre half if possible. Um, it's no fault of Matip. Um, although having to, I had the conversation, I don't know whether I'd 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 love Gomez to be fit for Barcelona, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's going to be. I don't think it's the right game to drop him in there. Um, so yeah, I think Matip's probably going to start away there, and then yeah, I think I think this is the ideal game to bring in Joe Gomez for me. I think you know you could play him at right back, but why take away from you know Trent's. 20-year-old lad, he's going to be fit enough to do it all. So why take away from that extra sort of attacking weapon that we have with the two full-backs by taking out, by taking out Trent, put Gomez in, um, give him an hour even. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if he needs to come off after an hour, then that's absolutely fine. You know, he's done his job at that point. Bring on, bring on Matip and, and see out the game that way. You, mm. can even, you can even drop, if Fabinho starts and Gomez is flagging, you could drop Fabinho back and bring on a different midfielder. There's, there's options there, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the... That's the beauty of our squad at the moment. There's, there's lots of flexibility we're surrounding. I um, I went with keeping the midfield today of Fabinho, Hendo, Cater, keeping the front three because a similar thing. I think this is an opportunity to get some goals and actually making the changes at the back to put some minutes in the leg. So obviously I don't know where Lovren's up to, but I went Gomez right back, Lovren in a centre back, and then put Milner in at left back for it, just to mm. give Robbo and Trent a game off yeah. so that they're as fresh as possibly can be for this. The midfield thing's interesting though because I didn't I didn't think of the midfield in this perspective, but I think you're right, Si. I think there's all the evidence there is that we'll probably see a midfield variation on Milner and Genie almost certainly in that midfield. And it might it could be Henderson Milner Genie, it could be Fabinho Milner Genie, and you know, because we've seen the evidence away from home in Europe, Klopp likes that he likes that stability. He doesn't I don't think he I don't I don't think we'll start Cater in the new in the new camp. I don't think Cater will start in the new camp. No, um, the Mil the Milner ones again. I, I'm, I just realised I'm about to talk about the Barcelona game that we're not really talking about. But yeah, it, it, I, I think it's impossible not to look at the Barca game when you're talking about this one. It, you go into the new camp to play Barcelona, and five days later, and this is Huddersfield. I know we're trying not to underestimate them, but there's clearly a and. Catastrophic golfing class between the two teams. Well, there's a division. There's yeah. literally a division. Uh, but but, but them, also so. that what that means is both of these games are going to be completely different games. This yeah. one, Liverpool are going to have an awful lot more of the ball. We're going to be trying to break a team down, whereas going away, Barca are probably going to be the one trying to break us down, and we're trying to defend. And so you can choose at its simplest level choose choose your attacking midfielders in this game. I'm 
and play the more defensive ones next week. Yeah. I think that's and I think that's what he's going to do. Absolutely, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but the best thing, what once again on this, this belly is just those those options. This is what we're talking about. We're going into this going. We could make you know you could conscionably make. You could make like four, or you know, you could change, put Gomez in, you could put Lovren in, you could put Milner in, keep the midfield today, and then you could put an Origi up front, or you could put a, you could top Salah out for Chikiri if you wanted to, just to give it, for give me it for storage. Exactly, you know, we could make five changes to this side, but I think it's right in so much as, again, we're recording this before City United, we'll talk about that in just a second, but I mentioned this on the podcast, it doesn't matter what the result of that game is. No. We've still got to go and get the point. Get the point. Go and get the business done here. Because if we, let's say we're living in that dream world where United have actually pulled something out their asses here, we still need to. It's all for naught. For naught if you don't go and get three points against Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, the, if we want to rest people, we want to rest the front three, or we want to make sweeping changes. Go out there, get it done in sixty minutes, and yeah. then rest. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see it being a case of it, sort of wolves in the FA Cup, you know, where you not not that many wholesale changes, especially changes for players that haven't touched the pitch for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no but, Keanu Hoover for this one. Yeah, exactly, uh, and Lovren going off after two minutes. But it's a case of like, oh, that's a possibility though, isn't it? With Lovren, absolutely, yes. absolutely. But um, even Fabinho at this rate. But uh, it's a case of like, I like, I like the ability to bring players on, and even if you've got your lesser forwards, you know, your Origi's, your Sturridge's, your Shakiri's. All of them are very culpable of, of scoring goals, no mm-hmm. problem. And it's a case of, say, like Burn was saying with Gomez, you get the 60 minutes and you tune up and you want to get some legs in, some time into or Salah to, to kick on into Barcelona and you say, go and get yourself a goal. This yeah. is a prime opportunity. They're, they're, they're done. They're dead in the water at this point. You, I, any way you cut it, I'm sort of like, as long as we're not, so you're not, you're not putting a Moreno in or maybe a Mignolet, sort of where the changes that don't necessarily, you don't really need to make whatsoever because they're not going to have another another appearance. I think yeah. we'll, be, we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely. And then let's look at, I said, we've been calling it rival fixtures all season. It's not, it's rival fixture. Um, hmm. Obviously, we know that Bur- City travel to Burnley on the Sunday. We'll t- we have to talk about it very briefly. Once again, we're recording this on Tuesday, so obviously ahead of the United City game. None of us really knows how that's going to go. I think the large, I think the consensus is everyone feels that Man United are going to get absolutely wellied everywhere here. Anyone? We've all made various noises there. Yeah. I think um, I maintain that, and I said this this morning, I said it to my dad yesterday, no matter how badly we're playing and no matter how badly Everton are playing, we always hate going to Goodison Park, mm-hmm. and for me, the fact that it is a derby, United. I mean, I mean, I don't like Man United, but I quite like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, mm-hmm. and he's been speaking very well in his press conferences. And it looks as if they're going to be really up for this on Wednesday now. Not only because they need to make the top four, but also because the pride. You know, no, no. I'm not even saying this because it's Everton, but. Who loses 4-0 away at Everton? Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody, no, that, that's a bad result. That's a bad they've got to pick them they've got to pick yeah. themselves up for this because if they can't, then who are like, why are they wearing the shirt? Man United yeah. are a massive club. I'm I'm perfectly comfortable, Shy, with the two scenarios which are thusly. Everyone expects Man United to get battered. But as Ben says, there's an opportunity there for a reaction. So I, th- I do feel weirdly as though if Man United were coming into this in form, I think I'd have favoured City weirdly with the fact that they're not in form and I feel like they might have something to prove is a good thing. I'm also, But I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket because I've said all along, I always felt Man City were going to get through the spell of games and they were going to come to Burnley and that's their game in hand. Finally, that that was one where they draw level you know, on, 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 in terms of games and... 
we uh, get to sit back and watch what's left of that team having been through the been through the the, the mill and have them come up against Sean Dyche and seeing what I mean after seeing what Bernard did to Chelsea, you know, going up with cramp for the final fifteen minutes and elbowing lads in the heads and then mm. and laughing in the faces uh, and all that I'd, kind of I'd, stuff. I'd be, like, I'd be like 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 Chelsea, like Mourinho did to us a few years ago. It did the exact same thing, just set out because Burnley are safe now, am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, mathematically, yeah. no, but yeah, but, but, pretty much. So, all they've got to play for, for is to go and frustrate City. Sean Dyche lives, lives for that, yeah. Burnley's players live for that, and uh, hopefully, but even the Man United one, I just think that's such a hard game to predict. Like, as City are the hot favourites going into it, Man United are down. And Man United could either stay down and get battered and roll over, or they could really come back and bounce back from it. Uh, it's imp- I think it's really hard to predict at the minute. Hopefully, hopefully it's a second I one. I think the important thing, Bailey, is that we've said this for the last few weeks, is that not to take, not to be too disheartened by anything we see in from from Man City in the next week or so, because not the, neither of these could prove to be good things, you know. But and then, but they've still got the couple of games left to play. They've still got to go. They've still got to play Leicester at home, and I think they've still got Brighton. Uh, away, I think I'm right in saying last yeah. game of the season. Mm. You, look, you, safe. you back well, you know, you bagged them to batter Brighton. You know, the Brighton couldn't lay a glove on them in the FA in the FA Cup. But mm. it's it, as long as as long as we keep doing the business, the, I can I can make a story up for every one of those games that they've yeah, got. Remaining. Exactly, exactly. That's it. I was saying this earlier. Sort of, it comes every game that they, that you everyone goes. Oh, Spurs have just come off the back of a win here. They're in good form, and then City win as they've have done for the last yeah. 10, 11, 12 games. They've won. And it becomes the next week along it sort of there's a story to be made here as to why they should win. Just go into it, expect a city to win and just enjoy the football. If whatever happens, happens. The, the best thing for me is about this United game is I've got more hope out of Sean Dyche's Burnley and Brendan Rodgers Leicester doing us a favour more than United. And the yeah. fact that that's the level that United are at now yeah. is, is brilliant for me. Especially, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, a little, it's a nice bonus, silver it? Like, yeah. and it, I, I was having this conversation today. It would be the most united thing to do to go and lose 4 0 to Everton and then somehow get a result yeah. against City. And it, that's why it wouldn't shock me. That's why I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to have no hope that they will, like you said. I, I expect them to go and get twatted 6 0. Yeah. But if, if they somehow pull it out of the bag, I'd be like, it's united. That's, I think it's going to be a great game of football. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be a really good end. And I know, I think you've said a couple of times, you know, don't don't trouble yourself watching City and all that. I can't wait to sit down. No, and watch I that must game admit, I'm, I'm 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 comfortable enough in me supporting Liverpool at the yeah. minute that I'll, I'll, yeah. I think I'll probably will watch yeah. that one. Just unless it, I mean, unless City are like four 0 up in the first twenty minutes, in which case, oh I'll yeah, swear you turn it off as soon as they score. That's um, how you, yeah, that's yeah, how you do yeah it. absolutely. But um, no, I, I I like this, and I, it's one of those things. I think. I feel like the Man United result is far more likely haven't been battered by Everton and I feel if they then go and batter Man United I feel like a Burnley win as far because everyone's going to go that's it league done the second they beat Man United that will be the story City are done they're over the line because well, they, they've only got Burnley they've only got and they only, they'll just go well look they've beat everyone else and that's when I, I wonder whether there's, there's, a, there's a sting in the tail yeah but We'll see that as we uh, as we approach the final furlong of the season. Um, score prediction side: Liverpool, Huddersfield, Friday night. What's it going to be? Three 0 Five nil. Ben, I'll go nice middle ground. I'll go four nil. I'll take a five nil. I like it. I like a five. A five or a six one, just to give them a mm. little bit of 
a little bit of they something. They score first. Just a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make everyone's asses drop. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much for watching the show. Thank you very much for liking, for sharing, and for subscribing. And yeah, if you want to subscribe to me and Chris's new channel, Matron Pager, check out the podcast. We'll annotate to it right now so you can click through. Um, it'll be in the description, or you can look at all over me and his Twitter so you can get involved that way as well. Other than that, gents, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Up the mighty reds, and we'll see you very soon. ta